Reading, short and deep. Hi, I'm Jesse, and I'm Eric. And today we're reading short and deep, "The Power of Wine" by H.P. Lovecraft. This is first published in a amateur magazine called The Tryout, April 1916. Published in Haverhill, Massachusetts by a friend of his. Um, it's also the cover story, if you want to call it a cover story. Um, these these magazines were made, uh, it's kind of like mimeograph, but they were made um, using gelatin uh, uh, that you bake in the oven. <laughs> And then you add, you add like a, a purple dye to it uh, for your first printing, and then uh, you can make like thirty or forty copies. Uh, pretty fascinating uh, system, and it's, it's it's equivalent to early blogging or podcasts, early podcasts. So these guys are a bunch of of dudes who like writing stuff and criticizing each other, um, and they make their own little magazines in their basements. It's called Amateur Journalism. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, this one um, is just a delightful little satire by H.P. Lovecraft. It, it is. Uh, it's, that word delightful is what uh, I'm surprised by. Um, but we will, we will make it, we will discuss. Mm -hmm. um, those early mimeographs, uh, or what you called uh, mimeographs. I uh, can't remember the there's, name. Let me there's see. a special, yeah, there's a special technology. And I remember as a school kid, um, I, you know, I was an AV monitor in elementary school, and I had to run those off. Um, I can picture them gorgeously, but I can't remember the name. So uh, if, if it pops up, I will say it to you. Sounds good. Um, they were they were delightful, um, and they had a smell. Hectography, I think it might have been called. Hectography. Uh, there was something called hectographs, but uh, I don't know that that's it's another graph. One. If it's not hectography, yeah. yeah. Um, but that smell brings us to this poem. <laughs> it sure does. So uh, you said it's delightful. I would I would point out that the uh, the original meaning of the word satire. Um, is uh, criticism mm -hmm. that is negative criticism. It, it, it even included among the ancients flat-out invective. Mm -hmm. um, your mother wears combat boots in the shower. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that kind of stupid, you know, just flat, not funny, not humorous. It was these days we tend to think of satire as falling under the term delightful. That's not necessarily what it always meant and i think that's not necessarily what it means here although <laughs> from an artistic viewpoint it's delightful yeah i'm just thinking of all the memes today that are satire you know like they have a photograph of an aircraft um b-52 dropping bombs and it says republicans on it and then the next one uh <laughs> underneath it says uh, it's the same aircraft but it says democrats and it's got rainbow flags <laughs> And Black Lives Matter banners on it, but the bombs are still dropping, right? So that 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 is a very sharp criticism, um, yes. but it's also it makes you laugh because it's it's true, 
Right. <laughs> and, and so and, uh, he, uh, one of the one of the things that makes me delighted about reading Lovecraft is he is he is actually well, you know what? Let's read it first and then we'll talk okay. about maybe why I think it's so funny. I'll agree with you. I'll say ditto and I'll say that it just came to me. It was called the Ditto Machine. Ah. The, the, the old blue stuff that mm-hmm. smelled so lovely when I was <laughs> eight. Um the power of wine. It has a, a uh, an epigraph in Latin. So let me give that first before we go into it. Spes donare novas largas amaraque corarum eluere efficax. I couldn't have said it better myself, um, which I don't read Latin, uh, although I can make out some words. Mm-hmm. Uh, the online dictionary, the online translation is mighty to inspire new hopes and able to drown the bitterness of cares. It's a quote from Horace. Um, so that's, and he's talking about wine in the original. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he's, he's really praising it. That's not what Lovecraft is doing. So and I, I I've, I've translated it a satire. I've translated um, it a couple of different ways. I did it once by uh, word by word. Which I think. Oh, is I found n- the original source. Oh, me too. But um, I also uh, I, I you know used it, the sentence translation, and then I actually found a better phraseology. But do you want to you want to cover that first, or? Well, I, I, I was what I just gave you was a professional translation. Oh, okay. Translates, but but the point is, it said you you give yours. It's fine. It's it's really saying wine gives us this really good stuff. Yeah, so sentence, uh, word by word, hopes appeal new benefiting cask, as in like a cask of Amontillado, worries wash effective. So that's not a sentence, right? It's just a bunch of words. But I think the best translation of it would be, in the spirit of this, would be, wine is the <laughs> cure for cares. Well, okay. Able to drown the bitterness of cares is mm-hmm. uh, the trans. I found the translation. Uh, Amar Amaraque is the, the bitterness. He's uh, quoting from an actual ode by Horace. Exactly. So the power of wine, a satire, uh, perhaps standing against Horace, but we don't know that yet. Hail, gift of Bacchus, red, delicious wine. To raise the soul and every thought refine. What blissful transports can thy power impart and fill us with anachreontic art? Unhappy man above the beast was placed, stripped of his joys, and with mere reason graced, sweet wine alone his blessings can restore. Let him but quaff, and he's a beast once more. Say, good Salinas, how the grapes inspires the bashful bard and fans poetic fires. The halting quill inflamed to vinous rage with alcoholic fancies fills the page. Convivial poets have no use for sense if they be generous to their audience. What sapient speeches fills the tavern hall where smoke and spirits rouse the minds of all? Here, church and state, their proper functions learn, and patriotic hearts their brightest burn. Yon hoary sage, supported by the bar, shows how the Germans should conduct the war. 
while others near him teach with brains aglow the only way to conquer Mexico. Behold the singer who with trembling notes upon his home and loving parents dotes benignant wine can all his sorrows quench and he forgets his home is the park bench. Another glass from teasing memory saves of grieving parents sent to early graves. Drink deep, thou pauper, and forget with glee the ailing wife and starving family. Forget their sorrow in the hour's delight to kill thy reason is a vested right. Down with thee, base reformer, to disturb our happy state and all our spirits curb, tyrannic fool. Seek not to interfere with personal liberty and lawful cheer. Reflect, ye fathers, how the fluid speeds your sturdy sons to bold and manly deeds. The youthful Tom, with Dionysiac might, waylaid and robbed an aged Jew last night, whilst reeling Dick, with Bacchic ire possessed, shot down his best beloved friend in jest. How great the power of wine to beautify the manly form and please the exacting eye. What graceful steps the polished drunkard knows. <laughs> how sweetly he in the bed in how sweetly he in the road repose. The flaming face, the gentle leering stare, bespattered clothing and disordered hair, the odorous breath and incoherent voice all charm our fancy and increase our joys. The sparkling wine displayed on gentle boards, a just example to the ill, a just example to the poor affords. What man so destitute he cannot gain a blissful glass to elevate his brain? Since pride, as proverbs say, precedes a fall, in wine we find the greatest boon of all. <laughs> By no man let its wonder be denied, but here beholds the deadliest foe to pride. The needy prince a whining beggar turns to ease the thirst that all his body burns. Come, all ye bacchanalian train, and sing the bliss that wine to fevered brains can bring. Rehearse the pleasing form that oft appear to him who know the grapes for many a year. Observe, Sir Drunkard, in the growing gloom, the nameless things that fill thy shadowed room. How bright those eyes with fearful luster shine. How smooth these coils about thy limbs entwine. Rejoice, Silenus, for thy lengthened spree hath formed the beauteous comrades just for thee. Hosts of the darkness, join our merry throng. Satan, arise and pass the cup along. Laugh, brethren, laugh, for in each flowing bowl our band infernal gains a human soul. Shriek with delight and writhe in ghoulish mirth. With every draft another sin hath birth. Beat your black wings and prance with cloven feet. With hideous rites, the friends of chaos greet. Minions of hell, your fiendish tones combine and chant in chorus of the power of wine. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, I, I, it, it struck me while reading it, I think the second time, how it, it's almost like you could do this as like one of those old-fashioned uh, Disney-style cartoons 
um, because it, it's it's propaganda. It's a propaganda piece um, against alcohol, but it's also really. I mean, it's really funny. So the, he he is conjuring up images throughout, and they are the opposite of what he, he's saying. Right? Um, you can become graceful when you drink too much. Um, your poetry becomes better. You know, men become uh, more handsome. <laughs> but you know that's. I, I'm glad that you're enjoying it so so well, and that's certainly in the modern sense of satire. You're doing what one would expect. It's not clear to me, though, that this is is uh, the only possible way to read. When when he says, you know, forget your family, your starving family, um, <laughs> you're sleeping in the road, your hair is disheveled. Oh yeah, um, um, it, it may well be that uh, what we should see here is someone pathetic oh uh, yeah I, when we get to the end um this mock praise of satan <laughs> um you know in one way it's funny and i i see it but uh you know th- there is uh th- th- this is not just the ancient power of wine it's not just horace saying oh, yeah. hey, wine is great it lifts our spirits this says it lifts our spirits falsely Mm-hmm. It ultimately winds up supporting the Prince of Lies. Yep. And uh, as you say, one could see it as propaganda um, when it's, it when it complains against the reformers, meaning those who would go for prohibition, which is a, a live issue in 1916. People are pushing for it, um, and they they in fact enact it fairly soon thereafter. Um, I think 1920, uh, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, Clearly, we may not like reformers taking away the possibility of our drinking, but the reformers have a point. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. No, he's doing doing both. He's speaking out of both sides of his mouth in a certain sense. Um, So this this is why I love reading H.P. Lovecraft. You know, a lot of people don't want to read him because he's racist. He is racist. There's not a lot of racism in this particular poem. However, um, he's got other stuff going on, too. And one of them is a very funny... He's a very funny guy. The humor is dry, but it's very <laughs> funny. So we, we've done you a few. Dry. Dry, do, like a, like dry like a dry wine. Well, yeah, uh, but also, like, you know, Lovecraft was a teetotaler. He did not like alcohol. He thought it was a big problem. So when he's writing this, you have to sort of wonder, what, what, what is he doing? He's actually, he's got a couple of problems. One, he thinks um, that people should not imbibe alcohol. But he also thinks it should not be banned. <laughs> and it's kind of a, a complex problem. So he he's trying to, he thinks probably that we should treat it like um something to abstain from and he did a lot of this so we we actually have covered similar poems um there's one from 1920 we did called uh, the dream um that is about a guy (laughs) um who a friend of lovecraft's who's fallen in love um with his girlfriend so hard 
that he promises to swear off all of the things that he enjoys. Um, and Lovecraft takes uh, that uh, concept and he writes a poem satirizing his friend, saying, <laughs> you're acting really silly. Um, and at the end of it, it has that, you know, he, he just, he... He swears he swears he's going to be good from now on. He's not going to go to the sports gambling and he's not going to drink too much. He's not going to smoke. He's just going to devote all his time to her. But it's it, it proves quite difficult, so he just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> At the end of the poem. And the same thing here is like um it's a praise of alcohol, but we start questioning it pretty early on and by the end <laughs> you're all the way into, you know, worshipping Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's because the premise is um, literally, you know, wine is an escape from the problems of reality. Um, but of course, it also shows that it causes problems with the reality, like sleeping in the street and, you know, not dealing with the fact that your your uh, parents are paupers, right? Um, <laughs> or how, you know, a whole bar, as in a group of people and an actual physical bar can support a a man's ideas about how the Germans should conduct the war right everybody right. can agree with him because they're all drunkards why does this one man know how the Germans should conduct and, World War One? And indeed, whether they agree with him or not. He's exactly. And the whole he's, room. He's convinced of his own wisdom. And and the whole room are, are all talking about all their the things that are happening in their lives. And everybody agrees with them because <laughs> nobody's listening. Because their reason has been drowned by the power of wine. It, it, that, if we read carefully enough, that's we should tweak to that mm -hmm. um, at the very beginning. I agree. Because he says, hail gift of Bacchus, and we know that the gift of Bacchus is not something that adds wisdom. Um, Red delicious wine to raise the soul and every thought <laughs> refine. Now, there are a lot of things that can be said about wine, but that they make thoughts more fine more precise mm -hmm. that's never been one of them yeah i mean so. it, it is a little bit true like there's a little grain of truth to a lot of this so like it, it he talks about going to the part there's a part in here where he goes to the party the poet um he's he's bashful he's a you know i picture him in the corner and he's holding his notebook and uh nobody nobody started drinking yet including him and he can't like start reciting his poetry at the symposium right he can't have it all happen yet because he's too bashful but give him a little wine and suddenly oh he can he can be quite fluent in fact the anacreotic art right that is the art of basically drinking wine and writing poetry or writing poetry in praise of wine it's a ancient greek thing hence the reference to horace and all of that, but um, if you go a little farther down, <laughs> the halting quill inflamed to vinous rage with alcoholic fancies fills the page. Convivial poets have no use for sense if they be generous to their audience. So if you pour enough wine for your 
audience. <laughs> They'll all agree that your poetry is amazing. Um, right. Uh, and it's true. Like, if you give, you know, if you've got a bunch of people at a party and it's very stiff, adding a little wine not only, you know, brings truth of what people think and how people act, but also brings a little more socialization. Um, and uh, then it leads to bad things if you overdose, which is very much, you know, the way the Greeks dealt with alcohol is, is you don't abstain, you control, you discipline, you make sure that your, your uh, visitors, your guests go home tipsy at most, not drunkards. And that mixing well, of the wine with alcohol. Lovecraft I, I, doesn't does not accept that. He is I, an I, abstainer. I his use of the word Bacchic is a reminder that the Bacchae um are devotees uh who who destroy and dismember the god. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, it's I don't know that I mean it may well be that in their Ordinary lives, ordinary Greeks, ordinarily um, consumed wine in moderation, but they have a whole religion. Uh, that was the goal. That was what? That was the goal of of uh, like if you go to a Plato, yeah. right, at a symposium at a drinking party. The goal is to mix enough water to, with the wine so that nobody gets too drunk. It's the it's the goal. The problem is the wine is powerful, and there's a there's all these temptations, right? And the temptation is within us, and it's also a temptation to delude oneself by making others like us by getting them drunk. One of the things that I like about this poem is that the uh, the contradiction. As you say, he says it one way, but he means something else. Uh, the contradiction is beautifully embodied in the prosody. We have the kind of language here, the the sort of en en encomian that one would expect if really one were giving high praise. Hail, gift of Bacchus, you know, hail, gift of name your God. Right. This is wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, the the use of uh, a certain kind of language, it sounds 18th century. Mm -hmm. right? One could, I, I hear echoes of Pope in this. Mm -hmm. um, These are high words yet, of praise by uh, for, for Lovecraft. He would love that you're saying this. That was his favorite thing. Right? <laughs> well, I don't know that he would since I'm a Jew, but... Um, <laughs> Yes, he, he would like it that somebody said it. Um, but what he's saying by form is undercut by content. So we have here these, I, I, one of the reasons I think of it as being like Pope is because we have indeed the exact same rhyme scheme, um, rhyme diambic pentameter couplets that we would find in essay on criticism. Um, uh, authors are partial to their wit, tis true, but are not critics to their judgments, too. Um, and we can see that kind of sound and sense. Um, and I'm, I'm quoting here again from this essay on criticism by Pope. Um, we can see the word sense being reused in a very popish way here. Um, 
so he's not writing um, the kind of poetry we would expect in 1916. He's writing the kind of poetry we would expect in 1756 or 1746. Um, this is 150 years late, but that's okay because he's referring to the gods. And yet, I love this, uh, it's the middle of the war. Mm-hmm. I mean, the U.S. World hasn't entered the war yet, but World War One is going on. Exactly. And suddenly we have these references to Germany and Mexico. Mm-hmm. This isn't the ancient Greeks. And then he takes that, um, Tom did this, Dick did that. There's no Harry, but he's clearly generalizing all of this in a very um, demotic way for modern America and then ends by showing us that it's the devil's own work. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just Greek. He's adopting all of these forms, but he's really writing something much, much wider. And uh, that's really pretty terrific. Mm-hmm. Really pretty terrific. Um, and not this, that I drink a lot. No, the the sentence I, I'm I, I'm like Lovecraft. I'm I'm basically a teetotaler. I I'll I'll try a sip of some alcohol once a year because I've never tried it before, perhaps, and then say, "Yep, not for me," because as a youth I saw the problems with alcohol um, in myself. I said, "Look, this is not the way I want to be. I am the stumbling drunkard." Uh, that I have contempt for, and I do not want this. But uh, what's so funny is he—he is—he just makes me laugh over and over again. So I—I'm I, like going as I'm reading. I'm like, oh, that's a choice one. I put a little check mark beside it, like I'm actually marking a paper. But I—I I, I don't mark papers like this. It's just me going, oh yes, right. Convivial <laughs> poets have no use for sense if they be generous to their audience. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, benignant wine, and wine is capitalized like it's a god. Benignant right. wine can all his sorrow quench, and he forgets his home is the park bench. <laughs> I mean, there's truth there. That's why it's so sad and also so funny. Drink deep, thou pauper, and forget with glee the ailing wife and starving family. <laughs> oh, no. Indeed, that- that, that whole passage that you, I mean, you just you, you gave a few lines and then skipped down a bit. But all of those lines are really quite oh, well yeah. worth dwelling on. Uh, he forgets his home is the park bench. That's not a good thing. No, right? not a, not a good thing. Um, another glass from teasing memory saves. Well, that's lovely. You know, it saves mm-hmm. you. But that's the exact wrong verb. Another glass means you're oblivious to things that are important. This is, this is uh, a genuine condemnation. And that's why I su- said that uh, while it's delightful that one can give this a jocular reading, and it's, I, I love the, uh, the, the chuckle in your voice as we're discussing this particular poem, I think one doesn't have to give it that jocular reading. I think one can read this as... Um, bitterly ironic oh it, it, it it's 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 a situation where you either laugh or you cry because this is a serious serious problem the temperance movement was not there be, for no reason just because some idle fancy it was a serious alcoholism and you know i mean when i was a kid mm-hmm. it, it was all the focus was on drunk driving but the focus changes 
over the over the decades and you know gin was when it when it came into england as a popular drink it was ruinous on mm-hmm. families and children it's a nightmare and yet is the solution banning it well we've done bans on all sorts of different things and usually that's not the ultimate solution usually we want to go a different way so lovecraft is both conservative he had a his own fanzine or mimeograph zine was called the conservative and liberal he wants people to have a kind of freedom to make their own mistakes but he he himself thinks one should be disciplined and restrain oneself he actually wrote another story uh i think it was 1920 so a couple years later um basically for his friend it's a science fiction story in this that it's set over a period of time after after um uh what's the and uh, what's the amendment in the united states that uh temperance amendment the temperance amendment anyways um uh banning alcohol Uh, it's set before during and after and it goes into the future, right? And this story is called Old Bugs. It's a very strange story. It's from 1919. I guess it's uh, it, it's about to come in. And it's basically a prose version of something like this, showing what will happen to his friend as he descends um, into sort of poverty and madness from drinking alcohol because somebody offered him some alcohol at a <laughs> at a bar. You know, he's at the pool hall and somebody says, hey, man, you want to have a drink? And it's ridiculous. Lovecraft knows that this is a stereotype that most people don't over imbibe and, you know, sleep in the gutter and abuse their. (laughs) There's a line in here. It's so, so choicely ridiculous um, about. Yeah, it's uh, Tom and Dick, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. The youthful Tom with Dionysic might waylaid and robbed an aged Jew last night. That is not uh, praise. Whilst reeling Dick with Bacchic ire possessed, shot down his best beloved friend in jest. People do get yeah, into... See, I don't... That, 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 that's, that's what cru- I mean. I don't laugh at that. But, no, it's, cru- it's a cruel, harsh reality. Right? It's cruel and harsh, but the way the poem is presented, it's like a, it's like a ribbing rather than um it it doesn't feel like it's preaching it's presenting sort of a caricature but also a re- every point that he makes you know that there are people at the bar saying the only way to conquer mexico is for us to go in there with tanks <laughs> right people actually talk like that and alcohol encourages it and that's a mistake so what you've just done is personify alcohol. Yeah. And what I think that right, alcohol encourages it. Mm-hmm. And what I think that Lovecraft is trying to do is demonize the people who believe that it is a gift. Yes, yes, he is. And so um, in the long line of powerful, powerful dealings with alcohol from Bacchus down to um, to communion. What he's saying is um, say what you like about alcohol. 
I'm going to say what I <laughs> like about alcohol. There's always more to say. Thanks very much for listening. And remember, you can always freely access the materials discussed on these podcasts by going to sffaudio.com and clicking on the link for Reading Short and Deep. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash sffaudio.